And now introducing Mr. Keith Lanton. Hi, good morning. Today uh, is uh, January 10th, second week of the uh, new year. Hope everyone had a great weekend and is uh, staying warm if you're in the north. And for those who are in uh, the south, uh, well, we envy, uh, we envy you. So today I'm uh, going to talk about uh, the financial markets, uh, how we can uh, think about positioning for 2022. Barron's uh, very much focused on inflation and uh, the effects of inflation on uh, Fed action and uh, the potential uh, pinball effect of uh, rising inflation, what that may mean for uh, markets and what in turn that may mean for um, your investments and how to strategically position going forward given the changing uh, expectations of inflation. And uh, first, I'm going to start out uh, with uh, some thoughts. Uh, I had uh, put together some uh, quotes last week, um, mostly on life, uh, but also how life can affect investing. And I'm uh, going to continue uh, with some uh, with some thoughts this morning, and then uh, we'll talk about the uh, markets. Uh, hopefully, this will get us in the right mindset, uh, not only for the week, but uh, for the year. Buddha said, happiness never decreases by being shared. Sticking with the sages, Confucius said, before you embark on a journey of revenge, dig two graves. Plato, reality is created by the mind. We can change our reality by changing our mind. Less famous, uh, but nevertheless prescient, uh, Charles Swindoll said, life is 10% what happens to me and 90% how I react to it. Uh, the modern-day philosopher Bob Dylan said, people seldom do what they believe in. They do what is convenient and then repent. Uh, Robin Sharma, don't live the same year 75 times and call it a life. Sidney Harris said, when I hear somebody sigh, life is hard, I am always tempted to ask, compared to what? Florence Nightingale, I attribute my success to this. I never gave or took any excuse. Michelangelo, if people knew how hard I worked to achieve my mastery, it wouldn't seem so wonderful after all. Mario Andretti, famous race car driver, if everything seems under control, you're not going fast enough. And finally, Ernest Hemingway said, today is only one day in all the days that will ever be. But, we'll, but what will happen in all the other days that ever come can depend on what you do today. So moving forward to... Uh, how things are looking this morning. Um, if uh, if you looked at the markets uh, an hour ago, you probably thought we were looking at a relatively flat open. If you looked about an hour and a half ago, you might have thought we were looking to a slightly positive open. Um, if you look now about 50 minutes before the market's going to open, you'll see that futures uh, have reversed uh, fairly significantly. Um, Dow futures are now down 100 points. NASDAQ futures are down 180 um, S&P futures are down 28 and a half uh, points uh, um, so far this morning. Um, this uh, weakness uh, being attributed to the events of uh, of last week, where we saw the uh, Treasury yield uh, increase, the 10-year yield uh, was banging up against the resistance at 180, closed at 177. Um, on Sunday, uh, perhaps this having some effect this morning, um, Goldman Sachs projected the Federal Reserve was going to hike rates four times in 2022. Um, most uh, market uh, prognosticators uh, prior to uh, prior to today were expecting uh, two or three rate increases. Uh, Goldman now out with uh, four. 
um, this weakness in uh, in futures is not being driven by uh, pickup in yields, at least not yet this morning. Uh, we're seeing yields uh, just about flatlining. Uh, the two-year is at about 88 basis points. The 10-year is up about one tick to 178, so slightly higher. And the 30-year is also up one basis point, uh, yielding uh, 2.13%. Um, another factor potentially weighing on the market this morning is uh, news um, regarding uh, Senator Manchin. Um, and Senator Manchin says that uh, he is retracting um, the offers that he made with respect to the $1.8 trillion Build Back Better bill, um, that he is not interested in voting for uh, legislation uh, any longer. Um, despite uh, that uh, clarification from Senator Manchin, the White House uh, has said that they remain optimistic that a deal can be meet, reached despite this uh, retraction and that report on the White House coming from the Washington Post. The weakness this morning uh, being felt most ha- uh, heavily in uh, in the uh, mega caps, uh, which have uh, been the market uh, leaders, and one of the reasons the markets are not down more than they are is because the large cap stocks, especially the large cap technology companies, have been uh, outperforming the broader markets, and that has helped the averages. Uh, this morning, we're seeing some weakness uh, in those uh, in those names. Uh, the dollar this morning uh, up slightly, perhaps on those expectations of uh, the Fed rate hike. Dollar has been stronger the last several months. Um, if you're looking at uh, commodities uh, this morning, um, oil this morning is down about uh, 30 cents a barrel. Natural gas, though, is up about 25 cents, uh, about a six and a half percent swing to the upside. In, uh, in natural gas, natural gas uh, proving to be extremely volatile based on temperature and weather patterns, um, especially uh, given uh, Western Europe's reliance on uh, natural gas from Russia and uh, that commodity uh, showing, uh, showing uh, different uh, pricing trends than it has uh, the last few years. Um, gold relatively flat, um, the only major commodity uh, showing uh, Showing some uh, upward movement uh, in the metal side is uh, palladium, which is uh, up slightly this morning. In M&A news, uh, Take-Two Interactive, symbol TTWO, is going to acquire all the outstanding shares of Zynga, Z-N-G-A, and a cash and stock transaction valued at $9.86 per Zynga share. Uh, Zynga moving uh, higher this morning, um, and Take-Two is down about 9% on this uh, news. Uh, Lululemon uh, stock is down about 20 points or about 5% uh, after issuing downside earnings per share guidance and revenue guidance for the fourth quarter, which includes the important Christmas quarter, uh, citing uh, the Omicron variant uh, for their uh, revised uh, downward guidance. Uh, Exact Sciences, EXAS, has issued uh, upside guidance for the fourth quarter. Crocs also issuing upside guidance, CROX. PayPal down slightly this morning despite announcing that they are exploring the launch of its own stablecoin as part of their uh, push into cryptocurrencies. Um, In Asia, uh, indices were uh, mixed. Uh, The Nikkei was closed for a uh, holiday. The Hang Seng was up 1%. The Shanghai was up four-tenths of a percent. India was up uh, over 1%. Um, Australia um, and uh, South Korea both to the downside. Uh, we're seeing uh, European markets, which had been trading relatively flat, are weakening, and they are now down about one-half of uh, 1%. Some other news uh, 
this morning. Um, CNN is reporting the Supreme Court will likely soon issue a ruling blocking President Biden's vaccination mandate on private businesses. However, the court could support the mandate for health care workers. Um, New York Times is reporting the Biden administration is developing new financial technology and military sanctions against Russia if they invade uh, the Ukraine. The U.S. and Russia hold talks uh, today. Uh, House Speaker Pelosi says that additional coronavirus funding could be attached to the government funding bill ahead of the February 18th deadline, according to Bloomberg. New York Times reporting over the weekend 5,000 flights uh, were canceled. And uh, the L.A. Times is reporting that a major port city in China has undergone a partial lockdown due to concerns about the spread of the coronavirus. So this week, we've got a lot uh, of information to look forward to. Um, Biggest uh, events of the week are the Consumer Price Index report, which comes out on Wednesday. Um, expectations are to show a increase of 7.1% year over year. That's slightly higher than the 6.8% reading we got in December, uh, which was the fastest uh, rate since 1982. Core rate is expected to jump to 5.4%. Then on the inflation side, on Thursday, we get uh, we get the PPI, the Producer Price Index. Uh, that's expected to show a gain of uh, four-tenths of 1%. Core is expected to increase five-tenths of 1%. Looking back uh, to Tuesday, um, on Tuesday, the Senate Banking Committee conducts a hearing to weigh the renomination of Jerome Powell as chair of the Fed for another four-year term. Um, Also, they're going to consider the nomination of Lyle Brainerd as vice chair. Um, uh, That will also uh, take place on Tuesday. Um, Going back to Wednesday, we get the uh, Beige Book uh, coming out from the Federal Reserve. And then uh, jumping to Friday, uh, fourth quarter earnings seasons begins in earnest. Uh, we get uh, financial companies, uh, J.P. Morgan, Wells Fargo, Citigroup, BlackRock, and First Republic releasing earnings uh, on Friday. And also on Friday, we get the uh, University of Michigan releasing its consumer index uh, for January. That's expected to come in roughly in line with December. So moving on to Barron's, Barron's talking a lot about interest rates, a lot about inflation and how to position your portfolio um, given the changes taking place. Um, Barron's looking back at last week said the stock market is supposed to be forward looking. Um, Last week, uh, though, the market was rocked by the minutes of a Fed meeting, um, which were released last week, but that meeting took place three weeks ago. Um, so uh, an unusual turn of events where old news became uh, became uh, became actual news. Um, on Wednesday, the Fed released the minutes of its December meeting, and what was inside took the markets by surprise. Um, observers pointed to the fact that the Fed discussed winding down its balance sheet. That took the markets by surprise because Jerome Powell failed to mention that at his press conference last month. Um, also, uh, markets were surprised uh, by uh, the commentary from the Fed on their perception of the job market and uh, by their apparent uh, recognition, uh, some would say finally, uh, to what appears to be close to full employment. Um, investors uh, took that commentary by the Fed as bad news and uh, as expectations that uh, we will see higher interest rates and that uh, weighed on high price tech shares, um, which are the companies where future earnings are most important, and as those get discounted back based on higher rates, 
um, we start to see valuations fall, and uh, we certainly saw that uh, last week. Uh, NASDAQ dropped 4.5%. S&P was down 1.9%. The Dow uh, was able to avoid uh, the majority of the carnage and slipped three-tenths of 1%. What uh, perhaps uh, most uh, uh, affected the markets was the change in tone um, from the Fed. Uh, before the minutes, the market might have thought of the Fed as being reluctant to tighten. After the release of the minutes, uh, that was no longer the case. The odds of a March rate hike jumped from just over 50% before the release of the minutes to more than 75% on Friday. I believe the odds are over 80% now. Um, if you go back just two months ago, uh, many believed that you were going to have to push the Fed to raise rates. Um, now uh, that is no longer the case. Uh, for a market that is both expensive and crowded, that wasn't good news as the priciest, most speculative stocks, which had already been beaten up, um, were hit hard again. As of Thursday, 38% of NASDAQ stocks had fallen 50% or more from their 52-week highs. The benchmark's only down 5.7% from its all-time highs thanks to big tech stalwarts like Apple and uh, Microsoft, um, which have become so large that they mask the weakness underneath. As we said this morning, we're starting to see some weakness in those large-cap tech stocks. Um, also, uh, some point to uh, Friday's employment report, which on the surface maybe looked like it was uh, diminishing some of the fears about uh, about the economy, suggesting that perhaps uh, the uh, the employment report was not so good when just 199,000 jobs had been created. Um, expectations were um, for north of 400,000 jobs being created, um, but uh, the markets, uh, specifically the bond market, uh, didn't uh, view that good news as good news. Um, as they dug into the data, they viewed it as a, a greater confirmation that uh, more people are leaving their work. Uh, fewer people are looking for work, and uh, and therefore uh, the fact that there were less jobs created uh, was uh, that those jobs weren't being uh, not created because of uh, the fact that they weren't available, um, but uh, factors that uh, it uh, demonstrated uh, more worker power, and therefore more worker ability to possibly uh, extract uh, greater wages, and that is something that uh, is inflationary. Barron's went on to talk about uh, the Fed and uh, their um, scenario for raising rates, um, but what Barron said really matters uh, even more than uh, the Fed and their path forward with interest rates is how they handle the $9 trillion in assets um, that they have uh, already purchased um, in, terms of, uh, in terms of their quantitative uh, easing. Um, the amount of uh, purchasing that the Fed has done um, represents uh, now the Fed owns about a third of the treasury and mortgage markets. And uh, Barron's is surmising that uh, long-term rates won't really start to rise, uh, despite what they do on the short end, um, until the Fed uh, starts to uh, take uh, their foot off of the neck of those um, those asset purchases. Um, and uh, based on the, uh, the Fed minutes, um, some are starting to expect that the Fed um, will start to allow those uh, purchases to start uh, trickling off their balance sheet, and uh, that is something that could reduce the money supply, and therefore that is something that could uh, meaningfully affect rates on top of the rate hikes, uh, put two, the two together, and you have uh, a much greater tightening than we have seen in, uh, in, in the last uh, several months. Um, an analyst uh, at Evercore um, over the weekend said um, that inflation 
Um, doesn't look like it's uh, coming down in the near term. This is what the market's uh, concerned about. And uh, he cited uh, five reasons uh, for that. Um, one of those reasons is that uh, wage gains, uh, which uh, are starting to accelerate, uh, that uh, that acceleration will probably continue um, until the Fed uh, does uh, raise rates and ease up on their balance sheet, and uh, that uh, will likely happen uh, over time. Um, so you still have some more wage gains to come. Um, also, uh, rents are expected to continue to rise for the foreseeable future. Um, you also have uh, unprecedented pricing power uh, coming from corporate America as uh, they're able to uh, raise prices uh, without uh, a lot of consequences. Another factor is what's being called greenflation. Um, as uh, we seek to uh, burn fewer and fewer fossil fuels and to use more uh, renewable energy, it's becoming uh, more and more clear that we are not necessarily ready for that. Um, so as uh, as there is less investment in fossil fuels at a time when there's still great demand, um, that is causing uh, the price of energy to meaningfully increase. And then finally, they cite the fifth reason, which is the increase in the money supply. Um, Evercore calculates that uh, the U.S. M2 money supply, those old enough to, uh, may remember when the uh, – when the money supply numbers came out on Thursday and they were the biggest market moving event uh, of the uh, of the month um well the M2 money supply has increased by 41% over the past 2 years um that increase in money supply is more than twice the pace of monetary expansion following the financial crisis in 2008 and 2009 and substantially greater than the money printing that uh, was uh, one of the impetuses for the inflation of the 1970s so what does Barron suggest to do? Uh, one of the things they say to do is to invest in commodities. Uh, their cover story on the uh, front page was why it's time to invest in commodities and how to do it. They say commodities sit at the crossroads of three of today's biggest investment themes, rising inflation, a changing China, and the transition away from fossil fuels amid increasing attention to climate change. Last year, the Bloomberg Commodity Index was up 27%, its best uh, return in, uh, in decades. Um, the run-up, uh, they say, is not over, but uh, given the meaningful run-up, investors need to pick their spots carefully. Uh, they suggest uh, choosing to participate in commodities through uh, professional money management and don't think that uh, investors should pursue it on their own. Uh, they cite uh, the commodity inflation being due to pent-up demand for household items, um, for municipal projects. Um, one, of the, one of the big factors is municipal governments are sitting on a lot of uh, money that they haven't spent uh, from stimulus from Washington. Um, as they spend that money, that will also uh, create a demand for goods, services, and infrastructure, um, all that need commodities. And commodities are in short supply. Uh, because uh, of the fact that commodities uh, have not been a great uh, investment over the past uh, 20 years, and therefore uh, a lot of investment has not gone into producing more commodities. Um, in fact, commodity companies uh, have gotten more, uh, some could say, responsible, um, and what they've been doing is instead of uh, investing in building uh, new uh, means of production and increasing the supply of commodities, they've been increasing their dividends and uh, buying back stock. Um, all of which uh, bodes uh, not well for supply, um, but certainly uh, bodes well um, 
for uh, for the future where supply might be limited and demand may be increasing. Another area of potential returning commodities is a technical factor that's taking place in many commodity markets, and that's what's called backwardation. Um, what, what is backwardation? Uh, backwardation means that the future prices for a commodity are lower than the current spot prices. So if the current price of oil is 80, but the price to buy oil in two months from now is 74, um, that creates the opportunity um, for people who participate in markets who think prices are going to stay the same uh, to buy the spot and, uh, and, and buy the future and hold the futures and uh, wait for the futures to approach the current spot. So in other words, if you buy uh, oil futures two months forward at 74, if you think oil is going nowhere and not going down, then in two months if oil's at 80 and you bought it at 74, you book a profit, um, even though oil prices have not moved uh, due to backwardation. Um, this is a uh, strategy that is available to uh, you know, professional and institutional investors. And, and uh, if, uh, if you believe that commodity prices uh, have uh, more uh, potential to stay the same or go higher, um, those professionals uh, that uh, participate uh, in the futures market uh, may be a, a way to uh, may, to get those uh, access to those types of uh, investments. One commodity company mentioned in Barron's is Rio Tinto. Um, they say Rio Tinto is building its lithium business, and uh, this could boost the stock. Um, Rio Tinto is also paying a dividend of about 10%. Um, they say for those with a uh, healthy risk appetite, uh, they may see returns of uh, 30%. Certainly, there are risks to that. Um, in December, the company, which currently gets about three-quarters of its uh, earnings from iron ore, announced it would buy the Argentina-based uh, lithium project from Rincon for $825 million. The deal does require regulatory approval, um, but the project uh, adds to... Uh, Rio Tinto's uh, lithium production. Lithium, as you may already know, is used to make electric vehicle batteries. Demand for the metal is expected to almost triple by 2025. Lithium prices uh, were up fourfold last year and are expected to continue to rise. Uh, Rio Tinto is trading at around 6.7 times forward earnings versus an average uh, forward multiple of 9.3. S&P has a 12-month price target about 18% higher than the current target. Um, if you were to take uh, their price target and uh, add the dividend on top of it and um, all of that were to come to fruition, um, you'd be looking at potential one-year gains of 28%. Barron says, though, that that 28% doesn't come with substantial risk. Um, they are still at their core an iron ore company, and iron ore demand is heavily dependent on uh, demand from uh, Chinese steelmakers and uh, the property market in China is uh, is a great unknown. Um, steel iron ore prices have already dropped significantly as uh, China has uh, cracked down on lending uh, to property developers. Um, and the key question there is uh, how much of uh, the weakness in China is already priced into the iron ore market. One other company, before I turn it over uh, to uh, Brad, I'll talk a little bit about bonds and then uh, I'll turn it to Brad. One other company to mention here in the commodity space um, is a uh, is a company that makes uh, vehicles, although it's uh, not the vehicles that we typically think of. And this is uh, John Deere, symbol DE. Um, John Deere at the uh, Las Vegas uh, Consumer Electronics Show last week um, unveiled their new tractor. And uh, this tractor is in a new autonomous tractor with attached tillage 
implement. Um, for those who uh, don't know, uh, tillage is a vital, time-consuming, and tedious process for preparing the soil for next season's planting. If you don't do it fast, the ground could freeze. Um, ineffective tilling means seeds won't take and yield will drop. So what John Deere's autonomous tractor can do is it can operate without a driver in the cab. The tractor detects obstacles that might damage the attached tiller. It can run around the clock, saving time and labor, improving productivity by about 20%. If, for example, the tilling is too shallow um, and you're a farmer, um, then you're not breaking up the shaft and you won't have a good harvest next year. If it's too deep, um, the tractor is moving too slowly and that affects uh, fuel costs. So the deer tractor, in theory, in practice, um, can deliver a more efficient, more effective tillage um, and they can do it without someone sitting in the cab. Um, and uh, this product, uh, which uh, has uh, just been uh, produced, um, has not been uh, has not been uh, officially priced, uh, but something that farmers are uh, excited about, uh, including um, especially on some of the larger farms here in the United States. Finally, before I turn it over to Brad, we'll mention one last article in Barron's in the Up and Down Wall Street column. This was a uh, discussion with uh, Dan Fuss, um, who is uh, considered uh, one of the uh, legendary um, fixed income investors. He's uh, 88 years old. Um, he, in fact, remembers a time when, uh, when um, interest rates uh, were actually going up, um, something that uh, anyone who's been in the business uh, since uh, the early 80s uh, hasn't uh, really experienced. Um, and uh, he says uh, that he is not keen on uh, high-grade corporate bonds, which are yielding about 1% more than treasuries. Um, the reason being that different from the 70s um, when interest rates were rising, they were rising from much higher levels than they are now. Um, so though, even though interest rates were increasing, you were able to reinvest coupons that were paying you 5 6 or 7% and reinvesting those at higher rates as interest rates moved higher. Um, he said, in today's environment, with uh, with high quality corporates yielding one, two, and three percent, um, those uh, those uh, income payments that you're receiving um, may not be uh, sufficient uh, reinvestment vehicles to uh, make up for the fact that rates are increasing. Um, as a result, uh, he said he would opt for a package of double B credits, uh, the highest rung of what's still called high yield, and he thinks that that has uh, the most potential. Um, within the uh, fixed income market. With that, I'm going to turn things over to uh, Brad to give us some more insights on uh, Bond. Good morning, Brad. Morning, Keith. <clears throat> Good morning, everyone. Well, hindsight being 2020, I uh, didn't come into 2022 as bearish on the bond market as I should have. In the last few weeks, uh, the 10-year Treasury has lost 3% of its value and the 30-year, 5% of its value. Uh, one can make the case that at least you get your coupon, especially if you were in high-flying NASDAQ stocks that also lost about 3% in the general market, and many individually losing a heck of a lot more than that. Uh, cryptocurrency was a wreck, and commodities have been wavering, haven't really done much. Uh, you did do well, however, if you were in dividend-paying, so to speak, old-world-type old uh, equities. Uh, the point is that sectors go up and down, and balance is important. I hate to state the obvious for municipals, uh, but as these prices go down, you will still collect the tax-free coupon. Tax-free income is very powerful, especially in high-tax states. Uh, compounding tax-free interest on reinvestment 
is also very powerful, and uh, tax loss opportunities in municipals uh, tend to make sense because you collect the tax-exempt coupon over the course of the year. Although the bond market has sold off, I'm still in the camp uh, on the municipal end of buying 2% 15-year par-type bonds. Uh, obviously, they're now cheaper than par. And for longer-term uh, buyers, getting at least a 3% coupon at a premium. The premium is obviously less than it was last week. Uh, I'd be happy to speak to you about what works best on a case-by-case scenario dependent on your portfolio structure. If you're in the camp uh, that you really want to see higher rate, rates, be careful what you wish for. If the rate move happens too quickly, it could be destructive for all markets, as we've seen in previous taper tantrums. Uh, personally, I, w- I, would, I would like to see interest rates move gradually higher. The Fed needs to walk a tightrope. My opinion is do not expect a 1980s-type bond market scenario. Rate with rates too high, with all the debt we have outstanding, would potentially destroy the economy. So, uh, please uh, stay diversified. That's everything I've got. Thank you for listening to Mr. Keith Lantern. This podcast is available on most platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Pandora. For more information, please visit our website at www.heraldlantern.com Opinions expressed herein are subject to change and not necessarily the opinion of the firm. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. The information presented herein is for informational purposes only and is not intended to provide personal investment advice. It is important that you consider your tolerance for risk and investment goals when making investment decisions. Investing in securities does involve risk and the potential of losing money. The material does not constitute research, investment advice, or trade recommendations.